Hello, and welcome back to Go Route Throwdown. Today I will be talking about the NBA, but more importantly, the NBA awards and my predictions around them. I'm Haddon Britt. Let's get started. Most improved player, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, is Shea Gilgis Alexander, leading the OKC to an abysmal record with an abysmal team and an abysmal coach. I mean, there's not much more you can ask. Uh, Shea is having an amazing season, though. No, all jokes aside, he's made some huge, huge leaps that I honestly didn't see coming. I've always liked him. I've always enjoyed watching him, but I never, never thought he would make this big of a leap. Went from 25-ish points to 31 on the dot, uh, 45% from the field to 51-ish, 30% from three to 34 on less attempts. Going from 81% from the free throw line, this is insane, to 91%. That's crazy. His assists and rebounds have gone down a little bit, but that comes natural with like usage percentage, uh, the amount of weight he's holding on his back, you know, all that stuff. Um, and honestly, his impact on the team, it's really, it's like he, they wouldn't win games without him, but at the same time, I, they need to make some moves, man. The Oklahoma City Thunder haven't been good since like 2016. So I, I don't know what's going on with them. When they get Chet Holmgren back, they may give it another year. They have a ton of picks still, so they're probably going to make something happen. We'll see what's going on. Next, moving to sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon. This one this one is more arguable for shizzle. Um, Malcolm Brogdon averages, or is averaging 14.8 points per game on 49, 46, and 89 respective shooting. 46% from three is incredible, but he's going on like, how many attempts less? He's going on like an attempt less. So, I mean... But at the same time, it's jumped from 31.2 to 46 on the dot. Like, that. that's a huge improvement. Um, and I think coming off the bench in a Celtics offense that doesn't need to be, like, ran by him is helping him a lot. I truly believe that he is a spark plug scorer off the bench, kind of like what he did uh, with Eric Bledsoe in Milwaukee, not what he did in Indiana. In Indiana, he had cool stats I guess I mean they're fine but Milwaukee is where he shined and he played around as much as he does now so I really think going back to that six-man style that uh, area where he can be more of a role player rather than a star or a starter that he, he probably knows he can't really be at this point in his career at 30 years of age being a six-man of the year it's a it's a good accomplishment in my eyes, especially for a team that could go on to win the championship if they get their stuff together. All right, now we have Rookie of the Year. This one, this this should be a surprise to no one. Paulo Bencaro, 19.9 points per game, 42% from the field. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Uh, 27% from three, that's really bad. 75% from the free throw line. I mean, that's we'll deal with that. Lucas shooting like... 72 uh 6.6 rebounds which is good 3.6 assists i wasn't expecting that many assists with him however he is he he has an okay amount of assists i mean who else franz wagner is gonna facilitate the ball who else though so he's kind of got to fill that gap a little bit uh that efficiency is just really what's holding him back this season i think not i think i know 
I truly believe that if he can get his field goal percentage up, not even his three-point percentage, his field goal percentage, just stop taking as many threes, go to the rim. You're big. Use your body. Get in there. Um, if he can get that down pack, kind of like a Zion-type build, eh, not Zion. I see a lot of Aaron Gordon in him. I see a lot, a lot, a lot of Aaron Gordon. They both started on the Magic. They are both rim runners at heart. Both are really explosive, rely on athleticism. So I kind of see Paolo Bencaro taking the same route and becoming a really good role player. But if he can get that efficiency up, then maybe we can talk about Star. Because he's scoring a lot of points. It's just on a lot of attempts. He's on 15 attempts, and he's making less than half of them. That's not, that's not what you want to see. All right, now we have Coach of the Year. This is this is an interesting one. Coach of the Year is complicated because it's a lot about storyline. And so the first name I have down here, I have three, is Joe Mazzula. He was the standing coach after Ime Udoka got into that huge scandal, and he has led the Celtics to the second-best record in the Eastern Conference. The only reason I don't have him as number one is because the East just got destroyed by the trade deadline. I mean, there's let's let's look at the standings real quick. There's the Sixers, who I don't think pose as much of a threat, just because of playoff presence. Uh, the Cavs, who I think could be good, but who knows? And then the Bucks, but the Bucks don't even need to be said. Everyone else is just out of it. Like the Knicks aren't going anywhere. That's that's my strong belief. Um, so I think Joe Mazzula has a really high chance to win it because of storyline, because of success, but at the same time, he has easily the best team in the East, maybe the best team in the league, like with Jason Tatum, with Jalen Brown, with an amazing deep bench. I think he easily has like a top three roster in the league, maybe top two, in my opinion, top one. Now the other option for the East that I have is Budenholzer. The Bucks are on a 15-game win streak. It might be 16 now. I'm recording this on the 2nd of March. Milwaukee has a 15-game win streak. That's insane. That is crazy. I, I can't even begin to comprehend that. Giannis is so dominant, and it's so insane to see him be this dominant. He came off the injury uh, during the All-Star break, and he's just been performing out of his mind he's been performing amazingly so i mean that's obviously going to help but also the scheme that budenholzer has created it's what won him a championship it's what's gonna push him to the top this year again now our third option is where it gets interesting mike malone the denver nuggets have been playing phenomenal denver nuggets have been playing phenomenal they have been playing great team basketball a form of basketball that not a lot of teams play, in my opinion, is a lot of isolation scoring. We see that with people like Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, where they kind of have to carry the load on their back. But this team, the Denver Nuggets, they rotate the ball constantly. It reminds me a lot of the like 2016 Warriors, where they're filled to the brim with phenomenal role players who just fit the team. And then like one star, a few all-stars but 
like Jokic, he just brings something out in these guys. Aaron Gordon having another come up season. Jamal Murray slowly getting back to where he was, not for the bubble just before then. I think the Nuggets have a genuine chance to make a very deep playoff run. And I think a lot of that, let's go with most of it, is due to Jokic. However, I do feel like a good amount of respect is like due to Mike Malone for his coaching of this team. DPOY. Okay, DPOY is where it gets... I mean, it's been a little iffy, all these, except for most improved in my opinion. But DPOY, it's got to be Nick Claxton. It's not all about blocks. It's not all about steals. I, I think that's what a lot of people forget. Uh, that's why Marcus Smart won it last year, because it's not all about blocks. It's not all about steals. Nick Claxton is leading in blocks. He's averaging a steal a game. He's averaging an okay amount of rebounds, I guess. But something that a lot of people don't realize because they don't watch a lot of Knicks games, before the Knicks kind of just blew up everything, Nick Claxton was the reason they could play defense the way they did. Nick Claxton in the paint or even on the perimeter allowed KD to switch to the paint or the perimeter, and same with Ben. So them having that big roster with multiple defenders who can kind of just do everything, such as Ben Simmons, such as Nick Claxton, it allowed them to have easier rotations, especially when people were coming off the bench. Like if Ben Simmons and KD weren't in the game, Nick Claxton could switch with a guard and then switch back and get the chase down. Nick Claxton has amazing perimeter defense. He's really underrated on the perimeter. That lanky build, I made a tweet about it on my old account a while ago. But something about Nick Claxton, guys like Bam Adebayo, is that even though they're big, they're lanky. And so they can defend that perimeter position really well. They can get a hand in your face. They can go for the ball. They can get a deflection, all that fun stuff. And then on top of that, like I said, leading blocks. He's an amazing paint defender. Knows when to jump, when to stay straight up, when to just take it. I mean, Nick Claxton, absolute defensive beast. MVP, I've I've been hyping this guy up so much just ever since, like, I don't know, a month ago. Nikola Jokic, man, MVP, averaging a triple-double. I know what we said about Westbrook when he averaged a triple-double. They were like, stat padding, stat padding, stat padding. Jokic is not stat padding, guys. He's just not. It's just not a thing. Westbrook was on a par to subpar team and he was just trying to get as much done as he could and there was a degree of stat padding in my opinion but honestly there could have been none I don't know with Jokic he's making the team better he's performing this well because he has to he's not scoring points because people are double teaming him he's the most efficient scorer in history so People are double-teaming him, and he has to get the ball out, and he's also one of, if not the greatest passer in history. So being multifaceted allows the team to be multifaceted. Jokic is averaging 24.6. It's round up to 25, I guess, uh, on 63% from the field. That is insane. 63% from the field is absolutely crazy. 40% from three. That is... I mean, that speaks for itself, honestly. 40% from three is our target. It's what we're going for. Um, Hold on. Let me pull up his stats from last season real quick. That is a huge improvement from last season. Last season, he averaged 
uh, from the three-point line. And so making that jump is also allowing him to space the floor a little bit. It's allowing him to draw a little more attention. He's also averaging uh, 82% from the free throw line, which is about like his average, I guess. Not very impressive. 11.7 rebounds. That's pretty good. I mean, that's that's really good when you consider everything else he's doing with 10 assists, 1.3 steals, about half a block. I mean, he's he's going all over the place. And look at the look at those steals again. 1.3 steals as a center, a 7-footer is pretty incredible. He's got hands. He and I believe Luca, those Europeans, man, they know how to deflect the ball. They got hands. Uh, and something about Jokic, a lot of people make the argument, well, Joel Embiid versus Nikola Jokic, Embiid plays much better defense. Yes, Embiid plays better defense. That's not what I'm about to address. Jokic doesn't play bad defense. Jokic has a defensive rating of 112.6. That is the best in his career, granted. And it's also around the league average. I believe the league average is between 112 and 113, which is exactly where he is. So... Give him some. Give him a break. He's doing everything on offense. He comes back on defense. He does an okay job. Stop dumping on him and saying Embiid is better just because he scores more points, gets more blocks. Now, I was hesitant on this one because I might catch some flack for it, but I do have some awards myself. Most underrated player and most overrated player. These are up for interpretation. But most underrated player goes to Damian Lillard. I mean, what else does this man have to do to get a good team? Holy crap. Like, get Anthony Simons out of there if he's holding up all the cap space. Same with Jeremy Grant. He has a decent team. He needs a good team, man. He's a phenomenal facilitator. One of the greatest shooters of all time. He's just an amazing player. On the offensive end. And on the defensive end, he's averaging a steal a game, which is like, okay, he's a little below average on defense, but he's fast, he has hustle, we'll take it. He's averaging 32.1 points per game. That's crazy. What's even crazier is, is at the time of me looking up all this data, he was averaging 41 points per game in the last six on 50% from the field, 39% from three, and 94% from the line. That is a 3, 1, and 2% jump, respectively, in those categories. Again, 3, 1, and 2. That is crazy. He's averaging 4.3 rebounds, 7.2 assists as the main ball handler. That kind of comes naturally. And like I said, about a steal game. Lillard needs more attention, man. Lillard has been balling out for the past, like, since his career started, really. He's only gotten better. He's not He's not once gotten worse. The attention is just drained off of him because of guys like Steph, who admittedly are doing it better. However, Damian Lillard deserves some kind of respect. Damian Lillard deserves some kind of recognition for what he's done. So that's why I'm putting him at most underrated player because I feel like even Blazers fans, they don't really hype him up as much as he needs to. Yes, they hype him up. Just not, not as high as I think he can go. Next, as a Mavs fan, this this should not surprise ever, anyone. Um, most overrated player, Devin Booker. He he's so 
bad at what he does good, if that makes sense, which it doesn't. I know it doesn't. Devin Booker, he tends to draw a lot of fouls, like a lot, a lot, a lot of fouls. He shoots an average of, let's see, he shoots an average of six free throws a game. That, that's, that doesn't even begin to show you the amount of flops he has, especially in a playoff capacity. Like, in the Mavs series last year, that man flops so fake, it is incredible. Like, the slightest bit of contact, he is falling to the other end of the court. No questions asked. It just happens. He's gone down in points per game. Um, let me let me double-check this real quick. He's He's gone down in points per game. He has gone up in field goal percentage, way down in three-point percentage by around 3%. Uh, down in free throw percentage by about 2%, down in rebounds just a little bit, and up in assists. Up in assists is, it's good to see. It's good to see him facilitating. But, I mean, they have KD now. He's not going to be the main scorer. He is, he is a good mid-range like scorer, but so is Chris Paul. That area is so crowded. I, I really think he would do better on another team. Um, or moving Chris Paul to find someone who could space the floor a little bit further out. They do have KD, but I think having a point guard who can do that would really help them in a lot of facets of their game, allow them to run more comprehensive plays. But D-Book, I mean, he has been overhyped for so long. MVP talks last year, he was not playing at an MVP caliber level. He never has. Um, he is kind of just mid like he's he's a star sure sure he's a star but he's not a superstar he wasn't even an all-star this year I don't even know if he was last year I think the mediocrity of the Phoenix Suns just goes to show you how mediocre he is his defense hasn't been good ever and so adding on to the like, I have to have the ball to make a move. I'm going to do the post-hop shots, the fadeaways, all that stuff. And I'm going to do a good job of getting that scoring output that we need. But everyone else is going to have to give me the ball for it. That's what's a little rough, is him needing the ball. And that's what our problem was with, I believe it was Russ and James Harden on the Houston Rockets. They all thought Harden needs the ball Russ needs the ball. They did okay. They did fine. Chris Paul did better, but they did fine. Russell Westbrook is more of a on-ball guy, in my opinion. He's obviously a rim runner, but that didn't work too well. I don't know how D-Book and KD is going to work. Kevin Durant and D-Book did win this past game right before uh, today when I'm recording this on March 2nd. So maybe it turns out great. I don't know. DeAndre Ayton is great, but they lost one of the best defenders in the league, wing defenders in the league, in Mikael Bridges. So I, I have no clue how it's going to go for them. I hope it goes terribly because I'm a Mass fan, but at the same time I hope it goes good because I'm a basketball fan and I would love to see that uh, team in the finals. But I do think the most overrated player is Devin Booker. Thank you guys so much for watching. I have been Haddon Britt. This show is written, produced, and directed by me, Haddon Britt. 
and all music has been made by Coma Media and has been pulled from Pixabay. Thanks, guys. Bye.